Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 129. I got my guy, Scout with Brian, in the building. And we basically talk about R.J. Barrett and how he's doing in his sophomore season. Um, Shout-outs to Thibodeau, man. He got these boys playing well. We currently number one in the NBA in defense, and our defense is giving up 102 points per game. We're basically giving up the least amount of field goals made per game, which is 37 total. That is impressive. The least field goal percentage at 43%. That is impressive. The least amount of three, well, the lowest three-point percentage at 31%. That is impressive. We are 28th in steals. That needs to get higher. And no, we are 26 in steals. That needs to get higher. And we are second in blocks. So shout outs to the Knicks, man. Shout outs to Tom Thibodeau. But, you know, the Knicks have one winning streak of three games or longer in 2018. The Knicks have one winning streak of three games or longer in 2019. The Knicks have one winning streak of three games or longer in 2020. The Knicks have already had two separate three game winning streaks this month so very impressed by what these boys is doing and shout outs to rj he's already according to 2019 draftees rj barrett currently ranks second in career points only behind john moran third in career rebounds third in career assists and fourth in career steals rj barrett is also has more defensive win shares than Kawhi and is tied with Giannis. So once again, man, our boys growing up before our very eyes. Number three overall pick. Number three overall picks has been doing very well lately. Um, Tatum, you know, Brown. See, it's, it's, it's been doing very well, Joel Embiid. So, you know, let's see, let's see what RJ could do, but let's get right into it, man. Episode 129. Live Scout with Brian. Salute the Nick Nation. Salute to everybody, man. Appreciate the love. Tune in. What's up, what's up, everybody? It's your boy, State of the State of the New York Knicks podcast, episode 129. First time guest in the building. I got my guy, Scout with Brian, in the building. How you doing on this lovely Saturday afternoon, brother? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. And... and I appreciate that you come on the show. Um, to Nick Nation, I came across this man's show about a month ago because I was searching for new Nick content. And I seen that you had a video from last year. I seen that you was also on Nothing But Nicks. And I seen that you had a recent video about the Knicks. So I was very impressed about, very impressed with your work. And I just wanted to say that. And Thank you for being on the show, man. Appreciate it. No, thank you very much for having me. All right. So um, this show, specifically, I wanted to talk to you about R.J. Barrett. Um, I seen your video, and I was intrigued about your work. So my first question was, you know, what made you start your scouting career? You know, what impressed you with the with the Knicks so far, and how often do you watch the team as far as other teams is concerned? Yeah, so, you know, I uh, I worked in the NBA for seven seasons. Uh, I traveled mm-hmm. with the Washington Wizards for four years as their head video coordinator. So been in high-level basketball about 
10 years now, so it's been a been a long journey. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've watched the Knicks definitely at least, you know, four or five times, probably mm-hmm. this season, a couple other bits and pieces of games. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, they, they've really, you know, impressed me. I think Tibbs is clearly building an identity uh, for them, and that identity is, you know, a typical Tibbs team that, that plays defense and really hangs – hangs their hat on that end. And, uh, you know, I think RJ has definitely made strides. I think, you know, he's still got a long way to go, especially offensively, but, uh, I think Tibbs has really got him locked in on the defensive end, you know, like, like most of the team. And it's, uh, it's paying off for the most part in terms of, uh, being obviously a much more competitive team than they were last year. Mm -hmm. So what made you start scouting? Like what, what, like, who inspired you to do that? Like, where where did you get your love for that? Uh, you know, I've always been just a, a huge, you know, sport. As a high school, I actually uh, wanted to work in baseball. You know, I, I was part of that, like, money ball. All the kids wanting to work in a baseball front office because of money ball. Um, mm-hmm. But once I got to college, I kind of just realized that basketball was my, my real love and uh, ended up, you know, working for the Hall of Famer Gary Williams at the Univer- University of Maryland. Uh, nice. My first couple of years of college and then uh, interned for the Wizards my last couple of years of school. And yeah, pretty much like I said, I, you know, ever since I started college, I've just been, uh, you know, obsessing over everything basketball, every term, every X's and O, every mm-hmm. you know little nuance of the game. And uh, yeah, I've been thankful to get to learn a, a lot about it, working for, you know, three different head coaches in D.C. and being around Paul Pierce and John Wall and Bradley Beal, guys like that. So. Oh, that's good, man. That's good. All right. So I wanted the people to, you know, get to know you real quick. But let's get into the meat and potatoes because, you know, R.J. Barrett, you know, this guy, before these last six games, he was 30, 38% from the field, 18% from three. But since his last six games, he's averaging 22 points per game, seven rebounds per game with four assists per game, 51% from the field, 45% from three. And 88% from the free throw line. And I wanted to know from you and from watching your video, and I watched how you talked about the defense, and I watched you talk about the offense, what are you seeing from R.J. Barrett personally that impresses you the most? And what sets are you seeing the Knicks run? Because I've seen the last two to three games that Tim started incorporating pistol sets, and he's been running horn sets since the beginning of the season because – he runs triangle, the triangle offense a lot. So what have you been seeing from RJ in this offense this year in particular? And are you seeing any sets? Like what – explain to the people what you've been seeing. Yeah, I mean, I think like you said, I, you know, I've, I've seen definitely some of the, the pistol stuff has been going on uh, all year, you know, different uh, reads out of it where sometimes they throw it ahead to him and he gets to – you know, fake the handoff back to the point guard and come off a, a side pick and roll himself. And, uh, you know, you see that he's got a, a good feel for the game. Um, Tibbs is even running, it's funny, some old, uh, like, Luol Dang sets that he used to run for him and Jimmy Butler even. Some of that he's put in for, for RJ. There's a set called uh, X where you'll kind of see, uh, you know, him and the point guard kind of brush off each other. And sometimes they bring RJ to the post off of that. But, yeah, mm-hmm. they've, they've got a few few wrinkles for him. And, uh, you know, overall, I, I think, like I said, I, I've been impressed that, um, you know, he's really grown on the defensive end. I think he's a really high-motor player for the most part on that end. And obviously, 
you know, Tibbs is building really good habits for him on that end. And uh, if you don't do that every time, you're not going to play uh, for Tibbs. Offensively, I, you know, I think he's more of a mixed bag. I mean, I, uh, yeah, I know you mentioned watching him a few of my videos. I don't know if you saw the one I did on him just coming out of college. Uh, you know, my draft scout on R.J. Barrett. But, uh, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, to me, he's just not a guy that's a, that's a natural shooter and that's ever going to be, you know, an incredible 25, 30 point a game NBA score. But, uh, you know, I think he can definitely get to around that 20 a game mark and, and be there consistently, you know, if only because of his athleticism, getting points from his defense, getting points in transition. And, uh, you know, I think he reads the floor very well. I think he, he makes good decisions as kind of a, uh, a two guard that gets to play out of pick and rolls and stuff uh, sometimes. And, um, you know, I think he's a, he's probably a third or fourth best offensive player on a, on a good team. So, you know, not a, not a superstar in my book, but I, I think he's capable of definitely being a solid, uh, solid starter like he's been and the, uh, you know, being a good, good long-term piece for you guys for sure. So it's funny that you mentioned his defense because RJ is, has more defensive win shares than Kawhi and he's tied with Giannis. And I believe he's six in the NBA in defensive win shares. And, what I've been seeing from him this season under Tibbs' defensive strategies is, you know, Tibbs likes to run the ice defense. You know, he ice to pick some ro- pick and rolls with Mitchell Robinson. Mitchell Robinson drops back a lot. And I'm very impressed with what I'm seeing from R.J. Barrett. Um, can you tell the people any particular defensive sets that you're seeing? Because I know – that the first part of your video, you was mainly talking about the defense. So I want I want you to tell the people what you're saying from RJ on the defensive side and the team as a whole, as far as the defense is concerned, which is number one in the NBA right now currently. It's pretty incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think like you said, they, yeah, they'll ice some side pick and rolls with the five, and then the, they have Ar- uh, Robinson and Noel back in a in a drop. Uh, you know, pretty far back, but they also sometimes have them, you know, a little bit more aggressive than I think a lot of the teams uh, in the league have been playing. You know, you watch like DeAndre Jordan in Brooklyn. I mean, every pick and roll that said he's, he's back underneath the rim the entire time. Like he's, he's 20 feet away <laughs> and, you know, guys, they let like Chris Middleton come off and hit wide open mid range jumpers and Sexton obviously shredded them. And, uh, you know, the, the Knicks, uh, I respect that they're not just giving up that shot. Like they have, like I said, they have Noel come up a little bit higher. They have Mitchell come up a little bit higher, almost at the level of the screen. Um, you mm-hmm. know, and that takes away those those pull-up jump shots that, uh, you know, obviously a lot of players in the league uh, can hit. You know, from RJ in particular, I, I mean, yeah, I think it's just, it's just the little things. It's the technique. It's just getting up into the ball handler. Uh, before the screen it's just always being in a stance it's constant ball pressure I mean it's you know defense is a is a million different little things there's, there's not like one uh magic trick or, or specialty to it but it's mostly just uh playing hard every second you're on the floor and not having an off switch and I think Tibbs has definitely uh instilled that mindset more and you know they're obviously doing a, a really good mm-hmm. job of it yeah, because R.J. Barrett in December, his defensive rating was 106.1. In January, his defensive rating is 102.7. So he's getting better as the season progresses. So I'm very impressed about what R.J. Barrett's doing on the defensive side of the ball. But 
I like how you mentioned R.J. Barrett's position on the court because that was my third question, and that's a good segue because when I watch R.J. Barrett, I get into a lot of arguments with people about his position on the court, and I would just I just want to know from your perspective, from watching him since college. What do you think his natural position is? Do you think he's a small forward? Do you think he's a shooting guard? And also, what spots do you think on the floor he's best capable? He Like, the spots on the floor where he can be his best at. Because I'm looking at his shots, right? I'm looking at his shot chart. Mm-hmm. And less than five feet, he's, he's 52%. Five to nine feet. He's 32%. 10 to 14 feet, he's 41%. 15 to 19 feet, he's 41% as well. But 20 to 24 feet, he's 26%. So I just want to know, you know, what position you think RJ is is best at? Because we know he likes to bully ball. You know he likes to drive to the basket. And I want to know what type of shots you think he should be taking more. And also, what is his ceiling? I know you just mentioned about him not being a superstar, but what do you think he's ultimately best at when he reaches his peak? Peak. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I think first of all, I think today's NBA there's obviously uh, you know a ton of overlap between the two and, and three position. I, I think they're pretty pretty interchangeable for the most part. Um, you know, and, and that's what I think is good about him too is he can obviously play both um you know a, a little bit even more than like let's say uh, a guy like Bradley Beal who I mentioned in DC I mean obviously he's a uh offensive superstar at the two but you know he is a little bit mm-hmm. shorter obviously he's not really able to to guard up to guard some of the bigger bigger threes you know I like that RJ has the the flexibility definitely to to guard the three but uh but yeah I mean offensively I, I think he's probably best at that too um you know you mentioned him posting up at times and, and trying to play bully ball. I think obviously having him at the two uh, lets him do that a little bit more than the three, you know, cause he's going against slightly smaller defenders, um, mm-hmm. you know? So, so yeah, I mean, I, I think uh, it's funny when I mentioned his draft scout, I, I remember Knicks fans uh, were furious uh, at me when I, when I compared him <laughs> to a guy like, you know, Joe Ingles, and I understand, you know, <laughs> yeah, I mean, RJ's out. <laughs> what? You could hear me out. Joe Ingles, so, so bro. Listen, obviously, RJ's a lot more athletic. He's a lot stronger. He's mm-hmm. a better defender, all those things. But, you know, but Joe Ingles is a guy who, who, for Utah, you know, handles in a lot of pick and rolls. He reads the floor really well. He's a good passer, great passer, actually. And, you know, he's become a, a, a tremendous NBA shooter. And, and you know, I, I think, uh, obviously, RJ has – more potential than that because like I said he can score in transition he can score from his defense all those things but you know I, I think like Joe he's kind of a guy that that plays uh plays with a good pace offensively that just kind of manipulates the defense reads the floor um so yeah you know I think they need to just keep putting him in in some high pick and rolls putting him in some pistol sets like we said you know finding a way to mm-hmm. to work him down to the post a little bit um but, but yeah I mean I, I think he's you know, he's a unique player. I, I don't think there is anybody really that stands out like as a as a perfect comparison to him because you know, like I said, I, I don't think he has that Beal type scoring shooting ability. You know, but I think he, uh, 
you know, like tip guys in the past, to be honest, like like the Dangs and, and such of the world. I, I think he's going to make his money mostly as a as a defender and, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. guy that just plays really hard every night. And, uh, you know, if he really buys into that and, and trusts that, uh, you know, the offense will come, he'll be able to get some some of those scrap points you get from just, just being active, just playing with high energy that, you know, he'll still obviously be a really effective player. So. Yeah, yeah, yes. And trust me, you saying Joe Ingles, I'm not even mad at you. I've heard millions of comparisons of RJ because he's just such a tough player to like, from the eye test, he's such a tough player to compare to. Like I've heard Brandon Roy, I've heard Jalen Rose, mm-hmm. I, I've heard Jimmy Butler, I've heard Shabazz Muhammad. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it it's tough to like really compare this guy to anybody. But that's a good yeah. thing. You know, that's a good thing. Um, you know, the fourth question on this list, you know, when we're talking about RJ Barrett, I know that you see that there's other players on the roster, right? And I would like to know from your personal opinion, what young players is best suited to fit RJ moving forward? Because I've seen a stat last night, and this stat was about the true shooting with Emmanuel quickly. And with RJ, is 54% when he's on the court. And when he's off the court, it's, it goes down to 48%. Um, Kevin Knox, he's a 42%, he's a 42% three-point shooter right now who should be starting that small forward. But, you know, Tibbs loves the vets. And uh, uh, Mitchell Robinson, who's also a defensive monster, pick-and-roll partner. But... What young players do you see on this roster moving forward you think the Knicks should keep in order to help with R.J. Barrett's development? Because it's always about the players around you that help you make you a superstar. Yeah, you know, I, I think uh, obviously Mitchell is a, is a, you know, a super important part of that future. You know, I think he, uh, like I said, R.J. needs a, a pick-and-roll partner for sure. He, he's a great lob guy, a good screener, um, you know, and I, I think for RJ to be unlocked in terms of being a, a, a pick and roll threat, you certainly need a guy like that. Um, you know, I think uh, OB obviously is, is raw and has, you know, still a long way to go, but I, I think, you know, he, he'll also fit in nicely as kind of a, of a stretch for plays, plays with a little rugged toughness at times and, you know, can, go to the post and do things like that himself. Um, you know, quickly I've been impressed with, uh, for sure. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not positive. He's a, he's a starting point guard, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he at least can definitely give you like 15, 20 minutes at times off the bench. And he's got a f- phenomenal floater game. And, you know, uh, yes. as he kind of <laughs> learns more of, uh, more of the intricacies of kind of, you know, being an NBA point guard. Uh, yeah. I, I think he could really, grow and be a, a solid uh, part of the core. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Knox has been the, the big question mark for a long time. And, obviously, you said he's shooting 42% from three on the season. Is, is that what he's at right now? Yes. And he's top three and three-point percentage from the corners right oh. now. So, he, the kid is just human yeah. torch Well, that's right good. Now. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's always kind of been – the question mark, you know, the inconsistency and stuff with him. But, but yeah, even, you know, Tibbs has obviously even gotten him stronger, gotten him to be a, a more capable defender. And, and yeah, if he is, uh, you know, able to stay, uh, you know, maybe not at that level, but at least at, 
36, 37 something percent, maybe from three, then, then yeah, he absolutely can be a part uh, of that core alongside RJ. So I think they've definitely, uh, definitely got some pieces, definitely need, you know, another, another star or two to really get over the hump. Uh, but I think you're definitely seeing Tibbs, uh, you know, find a, which pieces are going to, are going to fit with him going forward and at least be good, uh, good rotation pieces, um, you know, for hopefully kind of a, a playoff team for the next few years, ideally. So, so real quick, before I get into the last question, when it comes to Obi Toppin and it comes to um, RJ Barrett, do you see them as a long-term fit together? And I'm going to tie that in with, if you had one guy in the 2021 draft to stick between RJ Barrett and Obi Toppin, who would that guy be? Uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, there, there's no reason that they can't can't fit together. Um, you know, obviously, I think uh, the only thing that's made it harder on Ob a little bit is just that, you know, Julius Randle's obviously been your best player. He's playing like an all star, <laughs> and so you know, it's a little harder for him to get on the floor uh, with, with how well mm-hmm. how well Julius is playing. But uh, but yeah, you know, I, I was uh, Ob. I think the same way. I don't think he's going to be a, a superstar, but I think he's. Um, you know, a, a good value for what they get him at eight, nine. I, I forget. Was he ninth pick? Eighth pick? Eighth pick. Eighth yeah. pick. You know, so I think uh, I think he'll be able to shoot the ball well. I think he'll be able to go down the post, score a little bit there, and I think he's just a a really high IQ piece. And you know, you can always find a spot uh, for guys like that. And you know, I think RJ, him, and and Mitchell should be uh, kind of all considered part of the the starting lineup of the future. Um, in, in terms of who to pair with in the draft, I'll, I'll be perfectly honest with you. I've watched so so much NBA this season, so many games that I haven't gotten to watch any college at all yet. <laughs> so I'd be I'd be pulling a name from a hat if I told you anything about this year's draft. But uh, you know, obviously, I think uh, you know the the point guard spot and the three probably are their most uh, most glaring areas where maybe they could you know certainly use a, a star if there is is one that comes available. So I tell you this: when you start scouting this NBA draft, I'm definitely going to have you back on because I definitely want For your sure. insight on these young guys that's coming in this draft who's going to fit with this yeah. roster. So the last question, and it's funny how you said the man's name, Julius <laughs> Randle, <laughs> everybody's favorite <laughs> Nick. Oh <This> God, <laughs> yeah, this year. I, I I'm not going to lie to you. I hated this guy last <laughs> yeah. season and. He, I wanted him traded for Marvin Bagley, and he bodied Marvin <laughs> Bagley yesterday. So that was a good sight to see. But the reason why it was good that you brought up Julius Randle for my last question is because I want to know, what do you – how can I say this? So it won't – when you watch Julius Randle and you watch R.J. Barrett on the court, they're both left-handed players. They both like to post up. They both like to operate in the same areas on the floor. But Thibodeau has found ways to get these two dudes to coexist. And they actually look functional. Like, they look like a good pairing at mm-hmm. times. So do you, do you see a, a, a future coexist, coexisting match with R.J. Barrett and Julius Randle? as far as those two are concerned, or what you have watched from this season? Because I like what I've seen from Julius Randle. I think we could all agree. 
that that man was god awful last mm-hmm. season. But this year he's been good. So do do you think? I, well, me or anybody that's listening to this should be worried about Julius Randle's long term fit with RJ Barrett. Not really. You know, I I think uh, you know there, there's plenty of teams in the NBA that have have a wing uh, that can post a little bit, and then also a big that can post a little bit. I mean, you know, you look at like. Uh, even the Spurs, who uh, are playing well this season and, you know, have found a lot more success than they did last year. You know, for a few years now, they, they've been, you know, having a perfectly solid offense with DeRozan obviously playing a lot through the post and, and LaMarcus Aldridge playing through the post, you know, and, and they're both obviously right-handed players. I, I think, you know, the, the whole two lefties thing doesn't really make a difference to me. There's plenty, plenty of space on the court where Randall and Barrett can both kind of, you know, pick their spots, get their touches. Um, you know, it's not going to be mm-hmm. a, a one ball issue like like maybe there is with the Nets now. Um, you know, so, yeah, I, mean, I, I think, uh, you know, RJ's good off the ball. I mean, he, you know, he needs to obviously improve in that area, but he's gotten better as a, as a weak side cutter. You know, Julius obviously has a good feel for the game. He's a good passer out of situations like that. And, uh, you know, RJ obviously needs to – to keep growing from that, that mid post area. And, you know, you kind of mentioned some of his, his shooting percentages, obviously, you know, that long two seems to be the one that's, uh, that he's really struggling with now. So needs, needs to keep growing, uh, in that area. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think, you know, Julius just, uh, looks like he, you know, I think he was just putting way too much pressure on himself last season. I think he was in his head, um, you know, and he totally looks like he's, playing free again this season and he's just, you know, having fun out there, not, not overthinking things. And, and yeah, you know, he's just reminding people that, that he is a, 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 you know, bully ball, obviously really, really strong player that also, you know, has some finesse. He can hit some threes. He's, he, you know, he's, he's a really solid uh, passer point four type at times. And, uh, and yeah, you know, I think uh, he, he's clearly been the, the focal point this year and Tibbs has done a great job. Uh, unlocking the most out of him and uh you know I, there's no reason why him and rj can't uh can't coexist going together going forward in a in a starting lineup in my book so you know i i, I like your insight i love what you're talking about with rj barrett but the final thing i gotta get a prediction i gotta get a final win-loss prediction for the Knicks from you before you get out of here. We eight and nine right now. I predicted that the Knicks was going to play 500 ball all season. So what is your final record? What is your final record for the Knicks? Huh? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think honestly preseason, I got to go back and remind myself. I think I had them around the 33, 34 mark. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'd probably go, Maybe I'll go 35 now. I'll go, I'll go two under 500. But, uh, yeah, wouldn't surprise me at all to see them uh, pull out the 36 this year and, you know, would be a, a a big and important leap forward for them to be, you know, 500 or above or even right around there is, is definitely uh, progress over the last few years in New York for sure. All right. Um, Brian, I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Appreciate your insight. I appreciate your work. You know, you do good things, man, for people like me who who just need information and needs to actually see and visualize how the offense is going. And 
you know, you gotta you gotta always appreciate that. So I thank you for that. I thank you for hopping on the show. I want you to tell the people when is your next what is your next work coming out? Uh, uh, how can people find you and, and how can people support you? I, I, I want you to tell. Uh, yeah, no, first of all, yeah, I really appreciate you having me, like I said, and we'll definitely do it again sometime. But, uh, but yeah, pretty much anywhere. If you type in scout with Brian and Brian with a Y B R Y A N, uh, you can find my stuff on Twitter, obviously mostly, but, uh, also the podcast and the scout with Brian, uh, YouTube channel. And, uh, yeah, just kind of, hop around the, the whole league a bunch and uh, I'm sure I'll circle back uh, to the Knicks sometime soon but uh, but yeah all my video stuff is uh, pretty much anywhere you type in Scout with Brian uh, you'll find me alright um, Nick Nation I appreciate y'all tuning in my man Brian I appreciate you tuning in brother I appreciate you joining my pod State of the New York Knicks podcast episode 129 We out of here. Peace.